0: and welcome to the Arrow Video Podcast with two very ill men, Sam and Dan. My name is Dan Martin, I'm a special effects artist and uh, a sort of typhoid Mary for a new type of cold I think Uh, and I'm joined as ever by my lovely co-host Sam
1: Ashurst and I'm a writer, a director and uh, I'm a podcast man. Dan has informed me that he, he's got uh, a severe issue uh, with his cold in that every time he laughs uh, he might die because it stops him from being able to breathe so we're going to test that theory <sighs> over the next uh, half an hour or so yeah. as we talk about heathers
0: yeah i apologize if there are some weird edits here if i start to laugh i break into a coughing fit so mike's <laughs> going to have to edit out my response to jokes a lot i think
1: well i'll try and keep all things... leaves them in as serious as possible. There's my first. There's first your first cough.
0: cough. Although, or oh, maybe it's gone. It could you be might gone. Cut that out. Right, yes. Heather's. Heather's.
1: Hello, Heather's. Why don't you tell everyone what Heather's is about? Dan? Heather's
0: from 1988. Um, Heather's is uh, a sort of pinnacle of teen movies. It's a uh, it's a dark comedy about an intelligent girl who is sort of bolstering herself against the slings and arrows of high school by falling in with the popular girls um, who elevate her social status. But she slowly realises that they're a massive bunch of bitches as uh, particularly helped to... She's helped to come to this realisation by her new bad boy boyfriend, Christian Slater, JD. And is it deliberate? Is it accidental? They do murder one of them, and that kick-starts a little bit of a rampage. Yeah. As they kill off the cool kids because they're uh, they're they're bad bad
1: yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is an excellent description of this excellent film. I'm assuming you think it's excellent. I grew it's up on good. this movie. I watched it many many times as a youth, as a young teen. Uh, I think I identified with uh, JD in that I did want to kill everyone at my school. <laughs> and yes, so I I do love this film. But this was the first time I've watched it in. God knows how long like maybe in
0: a long time maybe
1: 20 years not to age myself on the on the podcast but um, yeah it's been a long time since since I've seen it and so and this is also actually the the best I've seen it oh uh, yeah there were a couple of uh, thank you blu-ray moments which we haven't done in a while, not
0: in a while. um
1: believe it or not I didn't know uh, or didn't notice that uh, Veronica, Winona Ryder's character, wears a monocle when she's writing in her diary. I'd never <laughs> noticed that before. And I tried to work out why I hadn't noticed it before, and it's never really completely clear in shot. And so on the VHS that I would have rented from the video store and watched over and over again, uh, it, that, that was probably too fuzzy to see. So um, that was a nice little surprise. Anything you noticed?
0: Um, to be honest, as you... There, there's a lot I hadn't remembered. Right. But whether or not it was because I hadn't noticed it the first time... Sure. Or because it's just been a very, very long time. Yeah,
1: there was yeah, one, was- actually, that I think might have been cut. I don't know if you're thinking of the same thing, but I had no memory at all of the moment where she burns herself and JD lights the cigarette off the wound, which obviously, in it's, reality... It's, yeah, it wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. Your hand
0: would have to be on fire. Yes. I... It's weird. I have a vague memory of it, but in that way that might be entirely false. Like that may right. not have been there. It feels like it's quite a like one of the moments, like fuck me gently with a chainsaw. yeah, like, yeah it's yeah. one of the things that gets talked about. Because it the thing about the film it probably and was, I'm not yeah. as in love with it as you are, I do enjoy it, but it's I think one of the reasons it's so enduring and why it's found such a long standing audience and continues to find new new viewers to this day is that it's so incredibly stylized and it's very Mm. well stylized like it's very fun to watch and as the 80s have sort of come back into vogue it's this it's the sort of caricature of the 80s that we remember even though it's actually much bigger and bolder and out there than a lot of that stuff really was at the time it's like a sort of a nice version of it to remember. It's the fun bit of the 80s. Yeah,
1: but I I think there's more to it than that. I was quite impressed with how much it still feels relevant, um, partly because, you know, so many of the sort of uh, phrases and in-jokes and, you know, the turns of phrase were made up for the film rather than being reflective of the 80s. And I also think that it is quite a strong early representation of the dynamics of female relationships. Now, I know I'm not a female myself, but I do have a sister, uh, an older sister, and uh, there are a lot of elements uh, of this. I mean, my my sister loved this movie too, and, yeah, there are elements of Veronica's personality that remind me of my sister, who is an author. Um, Dan, that was supposed to go off, but that's fine. I was
0: looking up a date. I'm sorry, it wasn't on silent.
1: So, yeah, I do think that... Uh, in addition to the, the the fact that it's it's kind of representative of female relationships, it's also an interesting early look at toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um. Certainly in terms, and we're not going to go too much in spoilers, even though I'm sure most of the people listening to this will have seen it. Yeah. But some of the stuff that she says at the end, and 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 you know the the way everything concludes, I think her arc is really positive in those terms. And and. Yeah, in terms of how J.D. kind of manipulates her and how she responds to his manipulations. I think there's something really, really interesting at the heart of Heather's that remains relevant. But I also understand why you don't love it. It's not really yeah, your thing.
0: It's To be honest, I think it's like a lot of the stuff in it, it did work for me and I did like. I didn't. I don't think I liked... The jokes didn't land as much for me right. as I would have wanted. And I do remember this reaction the first time I saw it as well. I think I probably didn't see it until a few years after it was out. Right. Probably early 90s. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit later. So, yeah, like I would have been in my mid-teens, mm. early teens. And, yeah, I just... I don't know, I think it was... Well, without spoiling our podcast because of recommendations and stuff, I think I'd seen some other films that would have come out after it that maybe I preferred hmm. and so I was holding it up to them and yeah the thing is it's a, I, I certainly have nothing against the film, mm. I do enjoy it I think that if you already enjoy it and you know you love it, and that that is, I think the audience for this disc is people that, that do already know it, or people who know someone who already knows it and are being shown it. Mm. Then there is no better way to see it. It was an astonishing. It's a, another four K scan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It looks incredible. It looks absolutely. Amazing. Yeah.
1: There's other stuff that I noticed this time, like um, the the chest of jaws with the punctuation marks. I did the... notice
0: that for the first time. I really, I, and I turned to. I watched this with my wife, uh, who adores it, so mm. would be better placed in this chair than me for this episode and she was very keen on that as well well, well actually
1: speaking of that element of it of, of the um, people seeing it sort of coming to it new I watched this with my uh, lady friend Cass uh, and she'd never seen it before Um, And so I got to experience it through her eyes. And I I hadn't really told her much about it. I mean, she'd seen a lot of the kind of 80s high school stuff, but just this one had passed her by. And I think she was expecting something more in that tradition. So I think she was expecting more of a traditional high school love story. Um, and kind of wanted them to get together, and then things take the turn. And she was like, um, "Yeah, I was really surprised when they slept together so early." I was like, "You know what? What is this? Like, what, what is the the narrative now?" And so, yeah, when it takes a really dark turn, she was quite surprised, but she loved it as well. So, um,
0: did you listen to the audio commentary?
1: I did.
0: The uh, I the, did the line. That they talk about cutting out when they're lying under the tree together—that ties sex and death together. I won't say yes. what it is. You have to listen to the audio commentary, but that what—that's a great line.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And, and actually, I can see why they
0: were told they should cut it.
1: The 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 commentary is really uh, kind of quite honest and it's it's, yeah, it's, it's really the type good. of commentary I love where it's very forthright but it's also fact filled and yeah, you, you genuinely learn from it's it it's an
0: interesting one it was recorded back in 97 for the Anchor Bay Laser Disc yeah. and it's a it, and it's one of those ones that I, I think it has been on an American DVD before but it's never been available in this country and it's it's one of those ones where it's like oh yeah but it's you know but the laser disc has this commentary so that's been brought to uh, brought, brought to this disc as well yeah. it's a, yeah it's a fantastic it's an amazing extras it's a great really pack,
1: really packed disc and yeah I really feel like you know this is a film for writers, people who like writing. Um, JD is obviously named after JD Salinger, and Indeed. they wanted Moby Dick to be uh, catching the Rye, but couldn't get the right. So um, it's it's Moby Dick that they underline. Um, yeah, but, and books and writing are a key element of the plot. So I find it kind of interesting that my sister, who was also obsessed with this movie, grew up to be an author. I yeah. do think you know if there are any. Writers out there who have yet to watch it, I think. There is something very catchy in the rye about it, I don't know, um, in, in JD and in sort of the representation of outsider culture and alienation and and the battle between the kind of losers of society and the the dominant winners. I don't know. Uh, when, interesting. Where does
0: this come in Christian Slater's career as a leading man? So it was 88.
1: Yeah, so... Was,
0: he, was this before or after Pump Up the Jam?
1: uh pump up the volume pump came up the volume, came, sorry. came after volume after this yeah um cuffs came after this yeah, so yeah. i think it was a bit of a turning point for his career
0: but is this um, when he started uh, they mentioned him play, being criticized for playing it to nicholson which well, they liked yeah and that kind of became his thing like yeah a while had he done much of that was that his thing before this? so to he-
1: so to a certain extent yes but he absolutely consciously dialled it up here to the extent that he actually um, wrote to Jack Nicholson asking him to watch it because he'd done such an impersonation of him and he didn't get a reply (laughs) (laughs) because Nicholson was probably too busy to watch movies doing other things. So, yeah, I think we can move on to recommendations. Yeah, Uh, I've
0: uh, I've got a lot for this, so we can... I can pick through uh, so do you want to go first and I'll
1: then go I can first I avoid double ups no I'll way. go first I'm, I've got a feeling we're not going to have double we may ups not. so uh, my first recommendation is a recent film oh. uh, are there any recent films in your
0: uh, no the most recent film on my maybe list is 99
1: Fantastic. We're going to be fine. So uh, my first recommendation is Assassination Nation.
0: That was a short, a long list for me.
1: Well, there we go. So, um, yeah. it, which is because it's it's such a perfect recommend. Yeah, because, it's very good. Uh, it's essentially a Heather's Update. Uh, it has a very similar tone and a kind of a use of very specific language that's kind of been made up for the world that it exists in. The plot, in case you haven't really heard of it and or seen it and I do feel like it kind of came and went from cinema. yeah cinemas it kind of disappeared
0: I, I, we, Sam took me no Sam and I both ended up at the same screen yeah moment. yeah and it was put on by the Final Girls, and it was a, it's a fantastic film. Like I didn't know anything about it going in, mm. and I was delighted with it.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I don't know what happened with it, but hopefully, you know, it will have a much longer life on on Blu-ray or DVD. The plot, uh, the summary: uh, A hacker has started releasing people's most embarrassing and hypocritical internet histories, uh, whether it's messages they've sent or websites they've visited, uh, which leads to social suicide and actual suicide uh, like Heather's it's super stylish and yeah I, it's highly recommended from both of us
0: yeah very much what
1: is your next recommendation Um,
0: so my next recommendation is actually a film from 1987 uh, mm. it's probably my favourite of the 80s high school movies Uh, And it's three o'clock high. Ah, great. Which is just fantastic. Um, But it's one of those ones that I find that, particularly people in England that I talk to, it's one of the less seen ones as well. Mm. Um, I stumbled across it as an old ex rental big box in a secondhand shop in like the late 90s, I guess. And I'd never heard of it at that point. And I watched it and I absolutely loved it. It's very, very stylishly shot. Mm. The the director didn't really do much else. No. Um, Phil Janau. Janau. But yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's about a uh, about a guy uh, waiting out the day because he's going to have to fight the school bully at mm. the end of the day, uh, and it's about him constantly trying to leave the school uh, early so that he can avoid the fight and that being uh, foiled.
1: Can I guess two? Can I guess two that might be on your list?
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was wrong about the latest, the most recent date. By the way, oh okay, <laughs> they're not in date order, and I misread it.
1: Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to guess. Better off dead. No. And I'm going to guess Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker
0: is on there, yeah.
1: Yes. Right, okay. I I enjoy that game. Right, uh, my next recommendation is Thoroughbreds. Uh, have you seen that yet? Seen it strikes me bad. as one you might not have caught, but it is excellent. It's basically Heather's, if it's centred around two teenage girls instead of a girl and a boy. and It's essentially about how a rich girl decides to use her sociopathic friend to improve her life in a super dark way. Uh, now, the film's kind of relatively low-key. It is stylish, and there are some elements that are very resonant of Heather's. But, yeah, it, it's kind of very gripping and it has a really great uh, and, and very dark ending and performances across the board are fantastic so yeah it's not quite as dialed up to 11 as heather's is and it's kind of got american psycho elements to it as well but if you haven't seen thoroughbreds
0: yet i thoroughly recommend it all right i'll go for that one cool all all right, next have a watch of that well so now we've we've You've, you guessed Jawbreaker, so I can't do Jawbreaker. <laughs> what? Well, I, I didn't other, think that was the game. The other thing is the other thing is I'm, I don't love Jawbreaker. Right
1: there, you go. That's why That's I didn't put it on my reason. list.
0: Yeah, right? It is like it's it's yeah. It's very appropriate match wise. Correct. So Jawbreaker, if you haven't seen it from '99, it's uh, about uh, three girls who kidnap the prom queen as a gag and then accidentally kill her. It's been a very long time since I've watched it. I only watched it once. They basically, I the, the main thing I remember about it is that they try and trick Marilyn Man- Manson into having sex with a dead girl. Yes, right, and that was the thi- that was the big thing about it. But again, the jokes just didn't quite land for me. Like it was, it's it, it just that p- detail alone should I say it's a bit darker than Heather's. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's very relevant, but I, I yeah, I struggle to recommend it. As a, a film on its own merits, if it wasn't for the connection. So what have we got instead? Uh, well, and then I was going to do Cuffs because it's probably my favourite Christian Slater movie. I love roughly Cuffs. Roughly the era, nineteen ninety two, so a little bit later. Uh, directed by Bruce Evans, who wrote Stand by Me, so it's got a good pedigree to it. It's probably my favourite Christian Slater film. Oh, I, I, I love, I love. It's Cuffs. absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it, Cuffs. Watch Cuffs. It's it's the best Christian Slater film. Is it though? What about Definitely of the era? What about is it
1: Hard Target? <laughs> fuck hard target.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Fuck hard target. <laughs> um, oh no, hang on. You don't mean hard target. You mean broken broken arrow? Broken arrow. Oh, broken that is arrow. what I mean. That is also what I mean. Also, fuck hard target. Yeah, yeah. But fuck hard target less than broken arrow. Yeah, we I l- feel like.
1: We love Broken uh, Arrow. I feel, uh, I feel Arrow. like
0: bro- uh, Hard Target. No, no, fuck Broken Arrow more. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Hard Target is... It's That's John Woo as well, isn't it? It John is. Comes that's to a, it's the
1: Jean-Claude Van Damme on his Hard Target. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Arrow. not the one
0: where he th- kicks the jerry can of petrol towards someone's face and then shoots it with a shotgun and envelops them in fire. Exactly. That's very cool. Exactly. That is exactly the kind of movie that John Woo would make when he's comes to America and he has all his creative freedom taken away by people who are like, John Woo's a big name in action. People seem to like him on the international market. Let's get him to make an American movie. Not like that, John. Not like that, John. Not like that, John. <laughs> Don't do that, John. Yeah. And they just completely cripple him. By the time he did Broken Arrow, he should have known better. Yeah. And it's his fault that it's a piece of shit.
1: Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is a film that Dan owns on Laserdisc that we
0: watched with his his lady wife. And we had a great time. This is a film Dan has in a pile of laserdiscs. He is getting rid of right because he needs to make room for soundtracks. You
1: need to uh, you need to show me this, this pile.
0: Tweet me and I will I will give you my. Laserdisc of Broken Arrow well,
1: I was going to take it home but <laughs> fine yeah that's probably a better way of doing things and uh, yeah,
0: neither of us have more room than we need
1: correct and uh, may I recommend off the back of a hard target that you watch Rapid Fire the Brandon Lee uh, yeah
0: Rapid Fire is actually pretty great it's
1: fucking amazing um, <laughs> can I
0: recommend that you watch Blackjack, the John Woo Dolph Lundgren movie in which Dolph Lundgren is scared of milk
1: oh that's also good see this is it's not good this, that's this, a piece this, of shit this is a great episode <laughs> we're pulling it back right so so let us move on to films we watched in the past couple of weeks. Dan, what have you been watching?
0: Uh, well, I'm sorry to ground us suddenly with a with a proper film. Whoa. <laughs> After our, all our talk of Broken Arrow and Blackjack. But I'm... Uh, so at the beginning of this year, and this is the first podcast that we've recorded this year because uh, we recorded the baby uh, before we recorded the end of the year special... And this is actually coming out next week, which is very
1: exciting.
0: So it's pretty close. Uh, Even though neither of us have done anything particularly noteworthy in the last week to make it valuable that this is a a, a timely episode... Well,
1: speak for yourself.
0: ...that we can talk about because of injunctions and NDAs. Oh, yes, true, true. ...open criminal cases. But uh, at the beginning of the year, I made a spreadsheet, which I will share the blank version of with anyone who wants. Um, And it's, it's several pages long, and it has... Ten films, ten genre films that I particularly want to watch. Some of them are films that are upcoming, but mostly they're films that I feel like I should have watched, and and either they, you know, I haven't made time for them yet, or whatever. Uh, And then there's like five films by a director I feel I haven't seen enough by Hmm. two of those, so ten in total, two different directors. There's a a particular genre that I want to bring more into my watch. So there's uh, five documentaries. Because I don't feel like I watch enough documentaries these days. So I've, I've basically done a massive spreadsheet that, that is 50 films I'm going to make sure I watch this year. And I've been going through like, Picking every couple of films I watch, I grab one of those to... Or if I ever dither, if I ever don't know what I'm going to watch, rather than just sticking on some bullshit Netflix or whatever, uh, or a TV show I've seen before, I try and put on a movie that I've um, watched. And the other thing is that, because Jen has a copy of this, my wife has a copy of this list, she can just pick a film on it and know that I'll be up for watching it, so we don't have to have a discussion about do you, what do you feel like, oh, you know, does it have to be, you know, this genre or whatever. So, uh, the first film off that list that I watched that I'd never seen before... Uh, was The Sweet Smell of Success from 1957. And oh my fucking God, what a film that is. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, an absolute, an absolute delight. I don't know how the fuck I hadn't seen it before. It's like it was made for me. Uh, directed by Alexander McKendrick, uh, who was an English director, did a lot of stuff uh, at the Ealing Studios, uh, most notably the original Lady Killers. It's uh, a, a movie about like the corrupting influences of power. The uh, the way one will let your our morals slip bit by bit as we pursue a dream, and also about how everyone in media is a dick. It's absolutely amazing, and I love it more than anything. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, and uh, it's on Arrow Academy as well So yeah it yeah. is,
1: uh, great. it's a great great Blu-ray, yeah this is a film that I always recommend to people so uh, I'm so, yeah I'm really really glad that you've uh, seen it as well, uh, we could do a whole podcast on it if they let us do an Academy title um, yes. dear sweet listeners, please start a petition if you do want to start incorporating Arrow Academy titles or just send us an email to the usual address because I would love to cover um, Sweet Smell of Success in yeah. depth
0: it is a great um, blu-ray as well it's got a it's got yeah. like a sort of 90s scottish tv documentary about mckendrick's career on yes it, it's really good i now have three more mckendrick films on my list that i want to watch as well so
1: i yeah i i absolutely love this film excellent recommendation dan it was worth the half an hour lead in to it so uh, <laughs> my first one is you say none of us has is- have done anything of note that, that's relevant but <laughs> i just came here straight from seeing vice which is not out until the 25th of january so we're still ahead of the game in terms Ooh. of recommending it i wasn't a fan of the the previous film adam mckay's previous film what's the big short yeah um it was just it was too much for me smug. Uh, a little bit smug and so i wasn't massively keen to see this in fact i had another film that I was going to see tonight it's going to see eighth grade but I've got to do an interview for uh, Vice so uh, I ended up seeing this at the last minute and I'm glad I did I fucking loved it it's essentially uh, Dick Cheney's life story um, and you know you maybe from the trailer you might think it's a little bit fluffy and maybe similar to the big short which did have dark elements but was all a little bit silly and this certainly has silly elements and it has funny lines and all the rest of it but it's a lot more dark and actually a lot more poetic than i was expecting there are examples of poetic cinema in this film without wanting to be too pretentious Um, yes it has all of you know the characters looking to camera and and delivering kind of information in a slightly cheesy way but i think really what kind of centers it for me and what makes it so special is christian bale christian bale is fucking incredible in this film he will win the Oscar, even though he thanked Satan at the Golden Globes. <laughs> though, you know, all of those uh, satanic worshippers in Hollywood probably loved it. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. Um, yeah, Say I'm rambling. they
0: making themselves popular at the moment, are they? What with suing uh, Sabrina. I think rightfully so. <laughs> that, that
1: was a, a, an absolute solid gold case
0: of, of uh, copyright, copyright. F-
1: fraud. Yeah, I,
0: don't um, know. I feel like they this should be anti-intellectual property. I don't know enough about their religion, but it feels like it's on brand.
1: Look, Sabrina's <laughs> a pile of shit. So anything that can take that down, I'm fine
0: with. I've uh, I've not seen it, but I'm I'm outraged on behalf of <laughs> everyone who loves it.
1: <laughs> Yay! I feel like I may have taken the edge off that recommendation by uh, going so mean spirited at the end. But honestly, please see Vice. I um, really uh, recommend Question it. about
0: it: Does mm. Christian Bale wear a contact lens to make it look like he has a lazy eye? He does not. Oh. Okay, I'll watch it anyway. But Good. I'm sad about that. That was my favourite bit about Big Short, was his contact lens.
1: Yes, but he's playing a different character
0: this time, Dan. What? How is he not the Batman? So, uh Dan, uh what, what <laughs> else did you watch? Okay, so, you know how we were talking about some, some trashy action? Yes. And then we talked about some high art. Yes, well, prepare, rapid fire. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. For the, last, uh, for the last week, I have had the, uh, the luxury of my in-laws staying. They're lovely, lovely people. Uh, and they are very, very um, generous and enthusiastic in their interests in my work and my tastes. Uh, and so we watched quite a lot of films that I did the effects for. And quite a lot of films that Jen produced with them over the week because whenever we were like it came to an evening, they'd be like, "Oh, let's watch one of your movies." Whatever. I'm so um,
1: regretting moving out right which now. Which is very
0: sweet of them. And uh, and then towards the end of the week, every every time we couldn't think of something that we were going to watch, uh, my mother-in-law would say, "Um, you you like films that we might not have seen? Why don't you put on one of the films that you like to me?" And my <laughs> my wife would like, "Oh, fucking hell!" <laughs> and it didn't happen until. Towards the end of the week, Jen uh, Jen was knackered after work, and uh, she uh, she went to went upstairs to have a nap. We were home uh, like slightly early in the afternoon, and she uh, and, and and once again, my mother-in-law said, "Why don't you uh, why don't you put on one of your uh, one of the films that that you'd watch? Like if we weren't here, why don't you put on one of those?" And I thought, I don't I don't want to take I don't want to take them to the dark side too hard. Like I don't want to put on something too extreme, but I want to give them a taste of something that they'd never see otherwise. And so, dear listener, we busted out the Z-Eagle. Oh my God. So my, my in-laws watched their first Shaw Brothers film. Oh, what did you go for? So, I, I, I thought... We'd just had a lovely long conversation uh, about Die Hard, my father-in-law and I. James Mottram, friend of ours, uh, wrote a fantastic book about Die Hard and Mm -hmm. for uh, my father-in-law's birthday, which was earlier in January, Jen got him a copy of it and he enjoyed it so much that we then met up with Mottram and got two more copies signed so that he could give them to his uh, son, my brother-in-law, and his best friend back in the States. So that was lovely. So we've been talking about action cinema all day. So I thought... Well, I'm going to show them a, a modern one, like a not a not a period one. It's going to be a modern action one, uh, and I'm going to show them a mad one, like a really crazy one. So, I went for 1982's Mercenaries from Hong Kong. <laughs> Wow! Now you see, I whenever I try to introduce people to the world of
1: shore, um, I I start with something kind of slightly more moderate. Uh, uh, You're one-armed swordsmen, but you've gone in at the deep end. How did they react?
0: My okay. So this is. She's not going to listen to this. My mother-in-law is a lovely lady, but she cannot stay off her phone during a film. Ah. Right? So, And she doesn't put it on silent. And And it's on the brightest it can go. And the phone, every time she types, it makes a tapping noise. And I love her, but it drives me insane. This is the only film during her visit that she didn't get her phone out during. Is it the only one with subtitles? No. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think it was. But let's be fair, like, if you're going to zone out of a movie... It, it can be one... Like, you can follow a film without subtitles if you're not watching. I feel like you can be like, ''No, no, no, I'm following it. I'm, I'm getting what's going on. I'm just replying to this text.'' It's a thing. But she was glued to the screen, and she had a grin on her face all the way through it, which is exactly the response you should have to Mercenaries from Hong Kong. It's, a, uh, it, it's directed by Jin Wong, who post-Shaw Brothers did stuff like God of Gamblers, Slim Till Dead, Fight Back to School, Holy Weapon with the big scissors. He's a, an auteur of the insane action cinema. And it is a, a a crazy movie about six mercenaries going to retrieve a, a blackmail cassette and avenge some the death of someone's father. And then there are some twists and turns. The The best moment... How, how long ago did you last see Mercenaries from Hong Kong? Long time, long time, long time ago. ago. You may remember this moment. In fact, I'm almost tempted to show Sam a photograph. This is not good podcasting. It's terrible podcasting, but he's still going to look at the photograph. Do you remember a moment at the end in the big fight when... Uh, A guy is lying dead on the floor, and someone like walks up to him and he's not dead, and he swings around and he shoots them in the groin, but they haven't walked up to him. I'm not showing down the photograph. They haven't walked up to him. They've got some trousers and they've filled them so they're like legs, and they've put them on a stick, and they've kind of like (laughs) hopped them up to this guy, and then while he's distracted, shooting some stuff, trousers in the groin, they shoot him in the neck with a knife out of a pipe they've got up their sleeve. That is in a, in a moment, that is that film.
1: And in a moment, that is Shaw Brothers, uh, in a way. It's just so
0: wonderful. Yeah,
1: yeah, that is brilliant. That's a great recommendation. Everyone out there, show this film to your mother-in-law and report back, please. <laughs> My second recommendation uh, and final recommendation is a film called One Deadly Summer from 1983. Dan is shaking his head. Not because um, not
0: I don't like it, just because I've not seen
1: it. Right. Well, this is a great recommendation for you then. I'm excited. Also, because it stars Isabel Ajani. Uh, and so any Love possession yeah. fans out there will be excited about that. And yeah, if, if you're a Possession fan who, who, who likes uh, intense and very dark, erotic thrillers, Ajani is astonishing uh, as a young woman who returns to hometown with a mission. Uh, but the less said about that mission, the better, as the film has so many twists and turns, I would hate to give them away. But just to make it clear, this is a very dark film with an incredible performance at its centre. And uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it or if you haven't heard of it, Anyone listening to this podcast, I very much recommend you take a chance on it. It's French and, and very French. And uh, yeah, it's just great. Great film.
0: Awesome. I'll check it out.
1: Cool. For right. sure. Extra features. extra features.
0: Extra features?
1: Extra features. Extra features. We don't have any extra Nothing. features this week. So uh, sorry about that. Animated
0: menus. Have that.
1: Yeah. And a trailer. And a trailer. But... Trailer's in a different ratio it's too dark what we do have what we do have dear sweet precious listener is access to our social media oh wow oh you lucky For, only you guys are allowed to follow us from <laughs> truly, now on
0: truly the cast bios of the extra features world indeed Dan <laughs> how
1: can people follow you
0: uh, I'm on Twitter and or Instagram at 13 fingerfx FX uh, come and see what I'm up to <laughs> well,
1: I found that very funny And I enjoyed it very much So um, what, what have you been up to? Uh,
0: well see here's the problem I can't say So my social media at the moment Is uh, occasional pictures of my dog And then pictures of old stuff I put up some fun tentacle mechanisms A little while ago mm. After upsetting Not upsetting Boring my Twitter followers With some small pictures Of small round bits of copper That I was trying to identify And if you click down that thread You get to see a little tentacle mechanism being tested uh, as a reward for being interested in my nonsense. Yeah, it's pictures of a cool dog and a pictures of cool special effects. Uh, and in the coming weeks, probably grumbles about Brexit.
1: Yay! <laughs> well, I have something very exciting uh, sort of related to my social media because that's probably how most people are going to access it. But uh, my film is now available for sale. Yeah. Um, it is on the Hex Media website, um, it is a limited edition. There are only 200 copies because we filmed one for each year. Indeed, we filmed it on the 200th anniversary of the release of Frankenstein, as I probably have mentioned on this podcast before. But yeah, it's got interviews on it. It's got an audio commentary from good old... from Sam and Dan. Yeah. It's got one from James Swanton, the star and writer who is... Uh, gem of a man he is a gem of a man and he is as talented at audio commentaries as he is uh, acting and writing it is one of the best audio commentaries I have ever heard and I'm not just saying that uh, it also has my short film Hell's Garden on it which nice. won an award at Fright Fest a couple of years ago shit it's three years ago now we're getting old but uh, it's the first time that's been available anywhere uh, it's not online so um, yeah uh, follow me on Twitter at Sam Ashurst for a link to that I will probably pin it as a tweet and please do hurry to buy a copy if you want one because there's only 200 in the world and i'm presuming it's going to sell out because the 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 screening sold out so quickly so um yeah get on it and and that's
0: it from me that's it yeah well that's everything oh we should we said we could people could email us at the at the thing do we know what the email address is have we learned that yet
1: no but i bet you i bet you 100 lock and Dina posters that it will be in the description of this very podcast and do not tell mike not to include it in the description of this podcast. <laughs> so i have to buy you i've just thought this
0: through this was a terrible plan a why would i take you up on that if i didn't have an ace up my sleeve <laughs> such as refusing to let uh, mike i will give you 50 of those posters oh, no if you don't include our email address in fact, you don't even need to because I'm going to read it. <gasps> no, I can't. I don't remember it. It's, yes. Uh, just, Thank God. If you Basically, here's a fun thing about how web servers work. If you just type any old bullshit at arrowvideo.com, I don't know if it's com or co.uk, must be co.uk, at arrow.co.uk, do both. Any old nonsense at arrowvideo.co.uk, and then also any old nonsense, doesn't even have to be the same nonsense, at arrowvideo.com then someone will get it because it will turn up on their server and as long as you put in the subject heading Sam and Dan don't know their an email address or something like that or podcast threat then it'll get read.
1: I feel like this is why we don't get any emails anymore <laughs> this kind of thing this kind of thing that we do um, but anyway thank you so much for listening and we promise we'll be more professional next time. I don't
0: accept that bet or that promise of professionality. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.